0: Hey, everyone. This is Scott from dvc-rental.com. As you know, we're your go-to place for all Disney travel. And if you've ever thought of taking a beach holiday, make sure you also look into us as we have Disney's Vero Beach, which is on the Atlantic down in Florida, or we also have Disney's Hilton Head Resort in South Carolina. Again, that's dvc-rental.com.
1: Welcome to the dub dub Review, and I'm your host, Chris Malick, and I'm joined by a special guest co-host today, Rick Forbes. Rick, how are you, buddy? Fantastic. Excellent. Rick, I appreciate you coming on today. You're joining me, so everyone knows that we're all on the same page. Rick, where are you recording from right now? Be honest with me. Um, my warehouse at work. <laughs> Your warehouse. So your buddy Chris got you on the phone to record a show right in the middle of your workday. Is is that right?
0: Uh, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> that,
1: that, that's awesome. That's dedication. I appreciate you joining me. How did I how did I guilt you into doing this during the middle of your workday? All right, um, let's talk about the show today. So we do a new show every like every other week, and so. This week, really what the news is going to be, is going to be, we're recording today on May the 1st, and this is Hollywood Studios' 30th anniversary today. So we thought we would cater our news show to Hollywood Studios. Well, lo and behold, I'm reading the Sunday paper, and in the travel section of the Chicago Tribune on Sunday, April 22nd, they have an awesome article on the magical milestone of the 30th anniversary. So they wrote an article, Bruce Petro wrote an article, 30 Things You May Not Know About Disney's Hollywood Studios. And, you know, being a Disney nut like I am, I knew some of these, but some of these were completely surprising to me. So I thought what would be cool is if we just simply kind of left the news, so to speak, and just focused on the studio's anniversary and made this our news show for the week. Does that sound okay with you? That sounds great. All right, but first things first. Rick? Tell me what's going on in your life, and I'm kind of giving you the ball here for a minute, because you've you've really kind of accomplished a few things in your and I'm to use the word quotes here, Disney career, but tell me what's going on in your life right now.
0: Well, um I started out with a blog. I've been doing that for uh just over a year. It's okay. called Magic in the Hills. Okay. And um you know, it's kind of a play on where I live in West Virginia. Um, because we have lots of hills and mountains
1: here as opposed to being lots of magic okay very good
0: <laughs> right a lot of people would agree with that okay <laughs> and um, just recently I think it's been about um, two months I re- uh, that I, since that happened I joined the Monorail Tales podcast okay um, as a co-host
1: really cool so, you joined an existing podcast as a co host. So, tell me, how did that come about? And, 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 like, what was your thought process? And tell us what you've learned up to this point. Well, um, who's on it? First off, tell, who's on the show? Um, Steve Sanders
0: and his wife, Sheila. Okay. Um, Michael Parker and uh, Jenny Cohen. Okay. Who lives in Chicago and uh, does Rockabilly Disney. Okay. She's really big into um, Dapper Day. Okay. Kimberly Stroh. hmm She um, has Savvy Mama Lifestyle. Um, she does Disney and then other, I guess, mom-related things.
1: So it's a composite cast type thing, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, there's Jeff Moliterno. Okay. From WDWPOV. Gotcha. and And uh, the week after I joined, uh, Michelle Rolke joined. Okay, and uh, she's a friend of Michael's and a travel agent as well.
1: Really cool. So we've got some really knowledgeable people in the Disney community. And on any given week, do they all appear, or do some appear, or or because or, like, like what is like a format look like on a, on a regular basis?
0: It's usually some, um, typically four or five. Mm-hmm. Um, we just recently recorded an episode with seven of us. Okay. Um, we haven't recorded one with everybody yet. Okay. But it's just you know kind of roundtable discussions, and uh, we have a, a. I'm really excited about a, a game episode coming up.
1: Cool. So. Awesome. Okay. Uh, so so Rick, I, I want to just interject for just one second, and so like with the Dubs podcast, you know Stacy. Nyman, Peter Panacorvo, and myself, we, you know, we were co-hosts of the show, but based on recording schedule, sometimes I'm available to record like in the morning or in the middle of the day, and sometimes I'm not, and Peter's got two jobs, Stacy's got a job, and her her kids are involved with a million activities, so even though we love to get together and record, it doesn't always work out, so oftentimes, there'll be guest co-hosts, Michael, and you, and Tim, and everyone will join us, I just recorded a show on Avengers Endgame with Jesus Crespo, um, and that's an awesome show show. So we we often just try to put the pieces together. Real life takes hold. So that's exactly what you're talking about. You've got a bunch of co-hosts and you just gather what you can for a Disney discussion on a weekly basis, correct? Yes. Okay.
0: And we just recorded an episode last night for uh, Cinco de Mayo. Okay. You know, Kind of to celebrate uh, the Mexican influence in the Disney parks. Awesome. And um, some of them are recording... I believe sometime today to do an, a spoiler heavy Avengers podcast, which I won't listen to until I can watch the movie, which is going to be quite a while. Okay, okay. So, v- really yeah, cool. It's just whenever the schedule allows, you know, they'll do what they can.
1: What's the hardest thing, or what's the most, uh, let's not say hardest thing, what's the most challenging thing you've learned about podcasting, but also what's the most fun? that you've had while podcasting? What is the most fun thing you've learned? Uh,
0: the most challenging thing is to be aware of myself and noises. Um, you know, there, there's one point when I had a, a sinus infection Okay. and uh, somebody was like, who's breathing so hard? <laughs> and I was like, oh sorry that's me
1: I'll go on me just creeper Rick over here yeah okay Yeah. very good yeah
0: it's like I was running up and down the stairs or something and <laughs> um, now I forgot about it and then in the group message that we have somebody's like I hear the breathing again and then uh, I'll, episode,
1: I'll just stop breathing
0: I'm good you know yeah I, I like consciously hold my breath and um, we recently uh, put out an episode I can't remember which one it was but it we were having a real fun time and I I thought I was on mute and I yawned and burped at the same time (laughs) and they didn't edit it out so when I was re-listening to it I was like oh my gosh I'm saying
1: bears I'm just oh my stomach hurts from laughing at that
0: oh it was terrible I was like
1: it was a yelp and they were like oh you know what Rick so here's what you've got to learn these things that happen don't hide them flaunt them that's okay that's real life that's recording how many times have you heard something goofy on the show and we don't edit it out that's completely mm-hmm. cool don't worry about that what's the most fun you've had
0: it was probably after the after that uh yawn and burp episode <laughs> after we stopped recording
1: okay and
0: then um Jeff and Steve started uh Talking to each other you're know, talking to everybody in burps. Oh my gosh. You know, it's like you know, you're saying I love you and the alphabet and things like that. It's crazy.
1: If if your show's anything like ours, we could never release the before and the after shows because we would completely root lose our G rating and like like the the comedy and the goofiness that occurs before and after is just off the charts. So um, unfortunately, they'll never get released, but it is it is priceless.
0: Yeah, well, that's actually how I got involved on the podcast. Uh, because, um, you know, I did a trip report with you guys. Um, it's been about a year when we went camping at Fort Wilderness. And um, in one of the posts I make to uh, you know, different groups and comments and stuff, they were like, oh, we'd love to have you on. I just kind of blew it off. And then um, earlier this year, I was listening to an episode, and right at the end, about three minutes in, um, there was an f bomb. Okay. And I so I sent Steve a message. I was like, I don't know if you're. I think you might have missed an edit here, and told him what it was. And he's like, Oh yeah, I need to fix that. You know, because you don't want to lose the the clean uh, rating. Yeah. So, he fixed it, and then he said, oh, yeah, we've been talking. We'd love to have you uh, come on the show um, as a co-host. I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah, that came out of nowhere. Cool. It it was just one of those uh, weird coincidental things.
1: Outstanding. Well, you know what? So... When you you are always welcome to join us on on the dubs, and I couldn't be happier that you're on a show right now as a regular host. So you've got a lot to offer. So again, if you ever want to join us, the invite's always there, Rick. But um, I've been paying attention and following along, and your posts on Facebook are getting are are really good. So great job! I know that it's all it's going to be upward and onward for you in the show. So outstanding. Thank Um, you. Let's get on to the show today. So, 30th anniversary of Hollywood Studios. As I hear the birds chirping in the background, um, give me your favorite Hollywood Studios memory. What is it?
0: Well, I'm sure that uh, some people might not appreciate this, but, um, and when I mention it, you'll know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I'm just just uh, poking fun, really. But when we went to... um in 2017 we went you know our first family trip with all four of our kids and my mother-in-law and we went to see uh, the Frozen sing-along okay so we were sitting there and you know I knew what to you know what the show was about and stuff and we were watching it and it's it's just a fun show but right at the end um, and I don't know if it would be considered a spoiler but Right at the end, where Elsa does her magic and you know the snow starts falling from the sky, um, you know I just got teary-eyed and uh, cold chills okay. because it, it was just a perfect example of you know what Disney can do. Mm-hmm. You know, provide that magic. You know, because everybody in the audience was just like gasping. You know, it like, <gasps> you know it, it was. Just, So much fun. That was probably my favorite uh, Hollywood Studios memory. Really? i have some others, but...
1: Really cool. That's really cool. And it it, it can do that to you. Let me give you mine before we go into the 30 things that you don't know. So, mine is when my kids, when my twins, who are now 14, were just like their first trip, maybe their second. They might have been four or five. My son was just tall enough to ride the Tower of Terror. And my daughter wasn't. My son was growing faster at that point. So I decided we were going to go on it for the first time. My wife and my daughter stayed in a different area of the park, and my son and I walked over. And you could tell he was pretty scared. But he wasn't quite sure because he didn't know what was going on. And the building's all encompassed. So you really don't know the full implication of what the ride is. So you see an elevator. You see the scary building. uh, You see the doors opening and closing on the outside. And you hear screaming. But he was up for the challenge. But one of my favorite memories and my favorite picture is me with a very young Jude. Who is probably four, four and a half years old. Tall enough to ride this. Being brave enough to walk through the queue at dark, mind you. Um, and go on this ride. I, I, I won't ever forget that because in my mind, it still kind of like gives you a little bit of queasiness when you get on that elevator. You know you're going to face a drop. Imagine it when you're four and a half years old going on it for the first time. Maybe five years old or the oldest. That took a cre- tremendous amount of courage to get on that ride. So I will always remember him going with me at dark the first time to that ride. So that's super. All right. So here we go. I want to list off here. We're going to read from the article 30 things you may not know about Disney's Hollywood Studios, which turned 30 today on May the 1st, 2019. Okay, so here we go. Number one, the original plans called for Hollywood Studios to be an entertainment pavilion in Future World and Epcot. But as concepts burgeon amongst Disney's Imagineers, it was clear there was enough material to make the pavilion its own park. Did you know that it was going to be part of the Eisner Eisner years in in EPCOT? They were going to make it. From what I remember, it was going to be in the location towards the back, right by like United Kingdom. They were going to make a special section for the movies. Did you know that?
0: Uh, I actually. I've heard I heard of that uh, probably in the past week or so with all the news about mm-hmm. the thirtieth anniversary, but I didn't originally uh, you know know that's what the concept was. Mm-hmm. Cool, but they I mean they really took it and made it so much more.
1: absolutely. You're up, buddy.
0: All right, number two. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Let me get my bifocals on.
1: Rick's got bifocals. Okay. Yawning, burping, and bifocals. Rick, you, you've, you've encompassed the dad, right, at this point? Pretty much. I got the bod
0: to go with it, too. <laughs> okay. Um, of Disney's 12 theme parks worldwide, it's the only one that's been regenerated. None of the five rides and attractions offered on opening day has survived. The last original attraction The Great Movie Ride, closed in 2017.
1: And it's going to be replaced with the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railroad, which is now delayed slightly, six months. But, uh, okay, very cool. So all of the attractions, original attractions, are closed. At 135 acres, it's the fifth largest Disney theme park by area. But it's the smallest of the four parks that make up Walt Disney World. Actually, I did know that, that it was the smallest of them. But it's 135 acres,
0: it, it, I can't believe that it's the fifth largest theme park. So um, I would assume, you know, Shanghai. Uh, yeah, I don't know which ones. Fourth, you but, mean? Yeah, which ones are one, two, and three, and four. Um, obviously, Animal Kingdom and Nepcom. I, I don't know how Magic Kingdom stacks up to it. But it seems like such a small park in and of itself. Mm hmm and that the, there are other parks that are smaller than that
1: well I think what we forget to, to, to remember is, is the backstage areas and remember it encompassed all of the Hollywood lot tour and all the other areas for storage and whatnot. how much space it really is and right. think about 135 acres that's a, that's a big property mm-hmm. you're up buddy oh,
0: sorry my phone uh, timed out Okay. Number four. Imagineers used 1927 blueprints from the original Grauman's Chinese Theater to build an exact scale replica of the famed Hollywood theater.
1: Cool. They actually used it blueprints. <laughs> That's pretty wild. Original concepts for the 122-foot-tall Sorcerer's Hat, a landmark that lasted for 14 years, called for it to have a Ferris wheel in place of its ears. I did not know that at all.
0: No, I, I can't even imagine how that would work.
1: So the sorcerer hat would have to be cut in half to you to make the main supports which kind of makes sense because it's triangular shaped. You could have a Ferris, right. right? Okay. Uh
0: the park's first movie-based parade was Aladdin's Royal Caravan featuring camel figures that would sporadically spit water at guests. Today, one of the spitting camels can still be seen at Magic Kingdom's Adventureland.
1: Okay, so good point, but also I saw that it was taken away briefly. I don't know if it's for refurbishment. Are you aware of that, that the camel... They took away one of them. One of them, okay. I know they removed at least least one. I wasn't sure if they removed both of them.
0: I believe they still have the one that spits on people on the Aladdin ride. Okay. And took away the one that
1: spits out into the general crowd. (laughs) Into the guests. Okay. When the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror debuted in 1994, its elevator cars made just one full drop from the top to the bottom. Computer upgrades have resulted in each ride now having six to eight drops and lifts of varying heights performed at random, so no two rides are the same. Rick, are you a Tower of the Terror fan?
0: I am. Good,
1: Good man. How about the rest of the family?
0: Uh... Everybody in my family has uh, ridden it, except my wife and my youngest daughter. Okay. Uh, my wife doesn't like thrill rides, mm-hmm. so it would be a stretch to imagine her on it. I'm hoping to get Emma on it Okay, uh, this summer. Cool.
1: Speaking of the Tower, you're up, buddy.
0: Uh, the Tower of Terror is one of the resort's most technically, techni- technologically sophisticated rides with elevator cars seamlessly alternating between vertical and horizontal tracks. Two massive electric motors pull the elevators up and down, intensifying the force of gravity.
1: Think about that. Think about the size of the motors that have to occur and the amount of torque needed to go and pull it up and then pull it back down. Isn't that crazy?
0: Mm-hmm. Have you ever done the uh, experiment where you put the penny on your leg?
1: No. What is that?
0: Um... Supposedly, because the the motors pull you down faster than gravity. Okay. If you have a, a penny or a coin sitting on your on your leg when when it first goes down, the penny will float in the air because you're going down faster because you're attached to it, whereas the penny's not. Oh man, I've so, never tried it. But. So,
1: so now a bunch of people are be getting loose change on their lap while they go up and down as it ricochets right. all across the cabin. <laughs> The main courtyard of the park's Hollywood Boulevard forms a huge hidden Mickey, the biggest ever created, visible only from the air, and I was aware of that. I I, I did notice that before. I, I know it's been put out there several times. The world's biggest hidden Mickey I ever created.
0: It's not quite the same as it was, though, is it?
1: Um, you know what that's a great point they may have changed it with the, the the new changes coming to the studios and how they changed the hub and whatnot. but it looks like you can still see you know part of Echo Lake makes one ear but the other side is is, is removed you can clearly see the nose and the eyes but the uh, I guess if you were looking down you know uh, Highwood Boulevard it would be the left side that's been removed but mm-hmm. but, but yeah
0: cool Uh, The former animation studio opened before the park. Milan, Lilo, Stitch, and Brother Bear were almost entirely produced here, and the animators contributed to the classics Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and The Lion King. Guests on the Magic of Disney Animation Tour got to watch the animators at work. That would be so cool.
1: Did Did they really think they actually realized what they were watching, too? They might have said, yeah, we're producing some artwork for some new movies coming out, and you're like, yeah. You didn't realize they were producing it for, for new day classics, right?
0: hmm No, I think even uh, an Uber Disney fan probably wouldn't have realized what was going on because at that time, um, you know, you're coming off of the 80s. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the movies like Oliver and Company and um, um, I can't even remember.
1: Yeah. The Rock and Roller Coaster is the resort's only indoor coaster that was built outside. Wow, the three hundred, the three thousand four hundred and three foot track was constructed first, followed by the exterior shell. Well, I guess you know, I guess that's like the chicken and the egg argument: was the coaster created first and then housed, or was the housing created first to kind of hide the host co- coaster, kind of like they're doing right now with the Guardians, where the housing is built and then the coaster is built on the inside. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we're seeing it in reverse. <laughs> yep. Uh, the Rock and Roller Coaster was the first roller coaster at Disney Walt Disney World to take guests upside down, something it does three times per ride.
1: Are you a Rock and Roller Coaster fan, Rick? I am. Good man. I love
0: it. Um, funny story. Uh, last summer, we went, and my mother and stepdad uh, came down and met us. They were there with us for a couple days, and we were separated at. At the park, they were off doing their thing, and we were doing ours. And um, they walked by Rock and Roller Coaster, and my mom gets terrible motion sickness. She doesn't do rides at all. Okay. And um, they're like, "Oh, Aerosmith, that looks pretty cool." <laughs> so they just walked in there, got on the ride, and the the picture is priceless of the two of them. <laughs> Because they're both in their 60s. And they're... I
1: mean, they're just holding on for dear life with their eyes. <laughs> at, at what point do you think they knew they were overmatched? Do you think it was the moment they saw the coaster pull into the station? Or the moment they actually had it go over their head and, and latch down? What point do you think they thought, Oh, this is I, bad. This is I bad. I
0: honestly don't know how they made it... How my mom even made it past the launch.
1: Right, when you she see the coaster. seeing
0: it. You know, but... <laughs> I don't know she, what was going through their mind. but She was, was all
1: in for checking out Steven Tyler's hat. Then it went
0: bad, right? Yeah, they were they were really feeling kind of peony when we met up with them after that. Oh,
1: man. Disney is renowned for its trademark audio animatronics, the robotic, robotic wizardry that brings historical figures and fictional characters to life. In the line for Toy Story Mania, guests meet a Mr. Potato Head who boasts some of his firsts. His mouth appears to form actual words, and he can take off his ear, so that Toy Store Mania, as many years as it's been around right now, it still wows whenever you go and see it. And I know it's simply just screens and and whatnot, but it still is a really really impressive attraction from the queue, from Mr. Potato Head, from the actual changing of the screens. Really pretty cool. I've never ridden it. Oh, really, Rick? Why is that? Is it the well, is it the weight? Uh the
0: first time we went to Hollywood City is in twenty ten uh we went down at Christmas and it was so cold for so many days in a row that by, by the time we got to Hollywood City we only stayed for half an hour' because we were so tired of being so cold mm-hmm. and then um when we went and um I don't know why we didn't do it in our first trip as a family, mm-hmm. but last summer when we went at the same time as uh, Stacy. Uh, it was down because they were moving the queue.
1: Oh, okay. okay.
0: And then um, when we went in December, um, I made, made the conscious choice to ride Slinky Dog Dash rather than uh, Toy Story Mania because we were pressed for time. Okay. Well, Go- my wife took the kids on that. Go to
1: the new one. I got gotcha. you. For a long time, it was like single handedly like leading the charge, bringing people to the studios, the towers there, and rock and roller coaster. But if you're not a thrill park, like a like a thrill park junkie, you know, or you you only went there for a long time because of that. That was the the main reason.
0: Mm -hmm. I am excited to try. I just um, I'm hoping to do it when we go in
1: July. They have one in California Adventure too, as well. So. Beauty and the Beast, live on stage, made its debut November twenty second, 1991, the same day the animated classic opened in movie theaters nationwide. It's the longest-running stage show at any Walt Disney World theme park. Oh, that is actually not correct. Okay, so I'm going to go in and actually, it's not. Do you know what the longest-running, this was, this was a factual incorrection. I should have read this beforehand. Do you know what the longest-running stage show at Walt Disney World is?
0: Well, I, I think the key word there is theme park, but I know what you're talking about.
1: Oh, you know what? You might be right. They did use the word theme park. Rickster, good, good, good catch. It immediately set up. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Hoop Dee Doo. Hoop Dee Doo, which is the longest running musical, like continuous musical in like like American history at this right. point. So you're right. Good catch. Maybe. <laughs> I was ready to go and smash, but uh, I think I think I got smashed at any Walt Disney World theme park. Good word, good operative word there to pick up.
0: Uh, going off the of hoopty do, um, if I can, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Tamara Spidal. Who? Tamara. Oh,
1: okay, you know, okay.
0: Magical Mario Designs. Okay. Because, um, I ordered and received this week. I haven't put pictures out of it yet. A set of hoopy doo ears for my daughter to wear on our trip. I I've seen Tamara. They are so cute. Yeah, yeah she, she's she
1: posted them. She posted them. They are so cute. So, <laughs> but they're even cuter in person. Okay, magical sure. Mara Designs. Tamara Spidel, handmade mini ears, Mickey ears, any kind of ears you can think of. You know what? She peacocks. Except, well, she might do a peacock set of ears. So, <laughs> uh. She really makes good ears. She has some preset designs, but you know what she really enjoys is like when you give her a challenge. So give her a challenge. She'll make them for you and you'll be really impressed.
0: Exactly. All right. You're up, buddy. All right. Slinky Dog Dash and Toy Story Land is the first roller coaster in any Disney theme park to feature a double launch, two separate spots where the riders are catapulted across the track. Okay. And that's I've, really a fun feature.
1: I've never been on it. Zero to ten. Zero being I'm completely missing it. Ten being like, oh my gosh, every time. What is it?
0: Um, I'd say an eight. An eight. I mean, Hollywood Studios, it's definite. But, um, you know, if I had a, if I had to choose between Slinky Dog Dash and let's say Everest or or Big Thunder Mountain or something like that, I would choose um one of the other rides.
1: Hmm. Okay. The Inside the Magic special effects and production tour used to take guests behind the scenes on Working Stown stages, where the all-new Mickey Mouse Club was filmed until it ended in the mid-'90s. At rehearsals and tapings, guests could watch Britney Spears, Ryan Gosling, Justin Timberlake, and other big names as they were just starting out. Did you ever see this, Rick?
0: I saw the the show on TV. I never saw uh, any of the the special tours or anything with it. Okay. Okay. And I, I mean, I was actually—we're about the same age. A little too old for Mickey Mouse Club in the
1: '90s. Well, I'm (laughs) twenty. I'm twenty-six, Rick. So that's good. Okay. Yeah. 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 I I just—I'm losing my hair early. That's all. So, anyways, Mm -hmm. go ahead. Next, next, next comment.
0: (laughs) Um, At the Indiana Jones Epic Spectacular, the huge boulder that threatens to crush Indiana Jones weighs four hundred and forty pounds. The set that forms the backdrop for the scene is also built on a rolling platform and is one of the heaviest pieces of moving scenery on the planet. Okay. That is an impressive set of scenery.
1: Crazy Disney confession. I've never seen the Indiana Jones stunt show. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I've never seen it. I've seen I've been on Star Tours and and I've been on Mania and Coaster and the Tower. I've never seen the stunt show.
0: We saw it uh, last summer. It oh. was fun. Okay. Um, probably it's like a five, maybe a one and done, or one every uh, two or three years Ooh. kind of thing. Okay. But um, I, I think well, our biggest problem was we were standing room only for half of the show.
1: Oh yeah, that a so, it. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then once they you know, took the audience participants out, they allowed us to sit where they were sitting, and it was okay after that. But
1: okay. When it starts running later this year, the Disney Skyliner gondola system will connect the studios with Epcot and Caribbean Beach Resort and Pop Century and Art of Animation and the Riviera, traveling at 11 miles per hour. Okay, so Rick, give me three words to describe the gondolas.
0: I'm so excited.
1: Good words. People seem to be scared and intimidated it's going to be hot, going to be dangerous. It's going to be none of those. They're going to be fine. They're going to they have plenty of ventilation. It's completely safe. They did say that about the Titanic though. I'm just going to throw that right. out there, right? They did say that about every unsinkable ship and every sky you know every every every, every the skyscraper. In <laughs> so, okay. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm so excited for those. I really hope that they're they open early, like in the end of July when I'm there. When you're there, because we're yeah, we're seeing an RV animation, so that would just be super. Um, Nineteen in the nighttime extravaganza, Fantasmic, the trio of thirty-foot tall water screens are created by pumping twenty-four hundred gallons of water into the air per
1: minute. Okay. Phantasmic, brick zero to ten what is it an eight it's an eight
0: mm-hmm. in-
1: interesting is it is it one of your favorites not your favorite. eight's a really good number, but like it's not like a ten in your mind so so what is it what is it that you like or not like about it
0: well I like that um you can see it <laughs> you
1: know, end of the really, night You're right. well
0: yeah you don't have to fight for a spot to watch it okay you know it's kind of like rivers of light you know they're is, it's an amphitheater you have seating um, typically you know you will get a seat it's not like having to fight for a good spot with happily ever after um, I can't speak to Illuminations because I haven't seen it but um, <clears throat> you know it's just a fun show cool um, I do I'd be fine if they replaced the Pocahontas part with something else because that just seems irrelevant but
1: Mm, interesting thought. Okay, the Cobra in Phantasmic measures one hundred feet long and the thirty-two thousand pound dragon has a fifty foot wingspan. So what do you think about when uh when 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 the dragon appears?
0: That's like one of the best parts.
1: It is the best part, isn't it?
0: Yeah. It scares my kid my younger two kids out.
1: It is the best part.
0: <laughs> but, um Yeah, that's a lot of water. It's a lot more than um what I heard is used at the Fountain of Nations.
1: About 108 gallons for the... No, I'm just joking. So that's a throwback if you haven't listened to one of our episodes. So okay.
0: Oh, okay, it's me. Uh, the yellow Pizza Planet delivery truck, first seen in Toy Story, has made a subtle cameo in nearly every Pixar animated feature since. Animators have sneaked the truck in, uh, sneaked in the truck once again at the new Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy attraction.
1: Is the Racing Academy attraction on your list of things you have to see? I would imagine based on the age of your kids, you would have to. It is. Okay.
0: Um, especially because we're also taking my nephew. Um, he's 11. Okay. And I think that he and my younger two kids, uh, they're 9 and 7. Um will really enjoy that show. So I'm super excited to see it.
1: How about Cars in general? What do you think of the movie Cars? Not part two, not part three. What do you think of Cars, the original? I love it. It's I, a great movie. I love it, too. It's one of my favorites. Like, it used to be, like, like all over Disney, and now it's you know, it's been replaced by a bunch. But still today, if you watch it, it's a really good movie, really fun.
0: hmm Yeah, we're hoping, uh, when we're at Art of Animation... Um, we have a resort day planned in so to go see the different areas of the resort and um, see the cars area um, because it looks really impressive in the uh, theme park brother videos that I've seen.
1: Mm -hmm. While there isn't a Pizza Planet restaurant in Toy Story Land, the robot guards that straddle the entrance in the film are here. They're guarding the entrance to Alien Swirling Saucers a game which according to the backstory Andy won at Pizza Planet. Now, I heard that there's potential possibility for a Pizza Planet, especially because Pizza Rizzo is not doing well. Mm-hmm. So.
0: I don't know, because they just announced that uh, Radio Roundup yeah. yesterday,
1: didn't they? Just just a few days ago, I know. There mm-hmm. has to be more expansion coming, but, um, you know, that's just a rumor, so.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, I, it, it kind of seems like a lost opportunity not to put in the Pizza Planet right? from the get-go.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: All right. The first phase of Star Wars: Galaxy's Edge opens at California's Disneyland on May 31st, and Hollywood Studios on August 29th. The quality of sunlight differs between Florida and California, so different shades of paint were used uh, to, in each park, to ensure both lands look the same.
1: Did you know that it must be the humidity and the moisture in the air? Correct.
0: I did not, and yeah. I think Florida is closer to the equator, so okay, yeah, you know, their sun's a little. They're closer to the sun.
1: To replicate the look of C-3PO and other droids in Galaxy's Edge, Imagineer borrowed Lucasfilm's molds and skins used to make the droids in the actual Star Wars movies. Okay, That's going to be so cool. That, well, so can I be honest, and this is where you're probably going to lose me. I'm excited about Galaxy's Edge, but not excited enough that I want to mess with the crowds for like a while I just right. I just know it's going to be madness if Pandora, which really hadn't resonated with the public for years, achieve that kind of weight. What will Star Wars like achieve in terms of wait times? Like is it I can't even I can't even fathom. I mean, it's it's conceivable people camp out for a days just to get in line for that first day. Mhm. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. I'm super excited for it and to see it, but I'm excited to see it one day. You know, not necessarily in, even within the next year um, you know, I'm not one for self punishment so.
1: one of the biggest Star Wars nuts I know is Pete and Pete loves it but even he's like yeah I love it but I live here so there's no way in God's green earth I'm going to go and mess with it and then of course like a few days later he said well I got asked to go along to kind of be a person that assist with moving the crowds if I need to so I think he may in fact be there on opening day
0: hmm yeah i heard that today <laughs> so yeah i was like good for you you're up buddy <laughs> um not only okay not only will iconic characters and places in the star wars films be incorporated into galaxy's edge but new vehicles and other details will be introduced and subsequent subsequently seen in future
1: movies so they're going to debut here, and then they're going to appear later on, and you're going to see them here first.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like the circle of uh, Pirates of the Car- Car- Caribbean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where they have a movie, and then, you know, I was, I was reminded today how much the movie takes from the ride, you know, in all those like, iconic scenes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and watching it with my kids and showing them that stuff is really fun because then they can see the scenes in the movie in the ride, and then you know they took new aspects of the movie and put in into the ride like Jack Sparrow and Barbosa.
1: Well, isn't it really cool how it reinvigorates itself and 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 it it speaks to a new generation? Because Rick, when we first were kids and we were going there, like Pirates was this crazy far off world and it just smelled differently and it looked differently and there was pirate ships and it's dark and there's explosions and fires and like that kind of just felt like what Walt Disney World was like that encompassed the unique special and then when the movies came out yeah I know Haunted Mansion and Eddie Murphy and it kind of didn't meet expectations but like when Pirates came out like you were going to see it no matter what like they were going to literally have to hold you down to not see that movie so but now Like, they need to see the movie first, and then they can draw the correlation between the movie and the ride. Cool. Mm -hmm. Galaxy's Edge attraction Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run will put guests in the cockpit of the famous Flying Vessel, where complex technology will respond to the way people use 200 cockpit controls. Craziness.
0: And I guess they actually work unlike uh, Mission Space.
1: Okay. So.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, each trackless ride vehicle in Star Wars: Rise of the Resistance will feature an interactive onboard droid. Guests will enter a massive First Order hangar and face animatronic stormtroopers, before encountering towering AT-ats and highly wren.
1: Hmm. Okay. So now we've got a few attractions. Now, do you think there's enough right now to sustain like the initial crush, or should should Galaxy's Edge have a little further development? When you I s- think
0: they would need more development. I mean, it, going back to the, fir- the, the first fact, or your first or second fact about how Hollywood Studios opened up with five attractions. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just mind boggling. You know, to open up a whole park with five attractions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Pandora opened with two, Toy Story Land opened with two new ones. This is opening with two. Um, but I, I, mean, I know that they cost a lot of money.
1: Yeah, for sure. So
0: I, I hope they do expand it um, in the future, at
1: least. Next spring, we will see the premiere of the first Mickey Mouse-themed ride at any Disney theme park. With Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, we mentioned it earlier, guests are going to ride a train whose whistle mimics the one in Steamboat Willie which specifically kind of speaks to the characters they show in the resort. If you're staying at a Disney resort, we call them goofy Mickey, but they're Mickey shorts and they're an edgier version of Mickey. You like the edgier version or you prefer the more classical version of Mickey?
0: I like the edgier version.
1: I do too. I do too.
0: Not to say that I don't like the the classics from my child. You know, they weren't even from my childhood, but I saw them as a child. Yeah. Um, but uh, they're really funny I like watching them with my kids
1: they are good, they're really good
0: Um, outside the park near Galaxy's Edge, Disney will be building a Star Wars themed resort that's like a luxurious starship in outer space, the idea is to create a seamless Star Wars experience from the rooms to the rides
1: so without having the actual write-up in my hands, I remember talking about this, it is completely immersive, and it's like you're on a mission for the length of stay, and there are characters walking through the resort that are in character, and you may have to engage with them to get answers, so it's kind of unlike a resort stay, You've and you could participate as much as you want, or probably as little as you want as well, too, but like super immersive into the Star Wars universe. Are you excited for that? Would you try that, Rick? I would.
0: Um I don't know if I would try it right now at this point in my life. I don't think um it would be worthwhile to try to do it with my entire family. Yeah. You know, my wife and uh three kids that we still have at home. But I think by the time it opens up, you know, if it takes a couple years that my younger two kids will be to a point where they could probably um, get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Um, so, you know, we just have to wait and see. But I think it looks like a lot of fun.
1: Which would make your money worthwhile then at that point? Is that the ultimate answer? Is Right. Is the, yeah, yeah. The amount of cost if they're not benefiting from the value of it, correct?
0: Yeah, because if I, if I took a nine and seven year old right now, um, you know, I, I just feel it would be. You know, throwing my money out the window. Yeah. Because it's supposed to be super expensive. Yeah. And yeah, you know, that's another thing. Depending on the cost, it may may never happen.
1: All right. The last one to celebrate the thirtieth anniversary, the nighttime show Wonderful World of Animation will premiere on May first on the facade of the Chinese theater. I'm sure you will see it tonight on social media. And this show is gonna come out in about a day or two, so it's gonna be a little late. So check out Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. You'll see the show. Okay. The show promises to be a magical journey through Disney animation with nods to every Disney and Pixar animated feature film. Whoa, that's a lofty goal, huh? Yeah, it is. I wonder how long it's going to be. <laughs> About three hours? <laughs> right. The, the, the length of the new Avengers movie? Okay, I'm sure it's going to be special, though. So, right now, Hollywood Studios... It's always thought of... Well, I shouldn't say always. It's usually thought of as the fourth park to visit. It's not really always... It's not someone's headliner. But with the new Galaxy's Edge and Toy Story Land, it is moving up the list. Rank the resorts... or I'm sorry. Rank the parks in your mind, Rick, right now. And then do a little future thinking. What would they be in a year from now? Give me the ranking, then.
0: Is this my personal ranking?
1: Your personal ranking right now. And then anticipate a year from now.
0: All right. Um my favorites Animal Kingdom Magic Kingdom Hollywood Studios and Epcot in that order okay and then in a year from now um, I would say I'd probably go Magic Kingdom Hollywood Studios Animal Kingdom Epcot
1: wow so Animal Kingdom right now is number one but it would drop down later on quite a bit and yeah. you're not you're not a big fan of Epcot you're not digging the Epcot feel huh
0: I, I love Epcot. It's it's just a little harder, um, because it's a lot of there's a lot of uh, things to do and see, but not a lot of kid stuff.
1: Kid engagement. You
0: know? Okay. Um, All right. But, you know, it surprises me sometimes.
1: If you're listening to the show, you've got a Hollywood Studios memory. We're going to put the post on Facebook. Let us know your favorite Hollywood memory. And Rick, if someone wanted to contact you, I want to get you back to work today before someone looks over and says, why is this guy talking on the phone for an hour? Is there a family emergency? So I want to get you back to work. What's the best way for people to get a hold of you, Rick? And and, and give us all your social media addresses.
0: Um, on Facebook, I'm just Rick Forbes, R-I-C,
1: mm-hmm.
0: not R-I-C-K. Um you know i usually accept almost any friend request um they can find me um as always in the edcott group you know i spend a lot of time there with you guys Mm -hmm. Uh, my blog is magic in the hills um it's magic in the com, and there's links to you know all my social media there and then also the monorail tales podcast and we have a page in a group uh monorail tales
1: as well awesome go check out rick's podcast um we support all of our friends and all their endeavors uh we are friends no matter what so you don't got to worry about that but check out rick's show uh they got a lot of good content there there how many shows you got out right now rick
0: um i think we're we just recorded 67 or 68
1: okay so you've been on the air for a while. You can also do this. You know what? I often ask, hey, leave us a review. You know what? We have a lot of reviews. We could always use more for the WW review page. But here's my plea: Go listen to Rick Show. Go listen to Montreal Tales. And go pull out Stitcher. Go pull out iTunes leave them a review. Right now, they could use some more. Every review gives them a chance to move up in the rankings, which gets them, essentially, just more listeners. So um, that would be my, my, my one request is live uh, leave Rick a review for his show. I would greatly appreciate that. So for my, for my buddy Rick and for myself and for Hollywood Studios turning the great age of 30 today, I'd like to thank you and have a great day. Good night.